what's up, you guys? Welcome to another episode of the Catch Up Podcast. I am. Um, this is the host. We are finally here. All four of us. All guys. four of us finally got it. So I finally decided to show up, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just Stuck joking. Stuck in the house, guys. guys. I'm freaking Tavian. That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to see. Yeah. Well, shoot, Sai, tell us about you, bro. Tell the viewers, tell the world who you are. Awesome, I will. Um, hi, my name is Octavian Austin. I am, of course, friends of Michael, Mark, and Brothers. Joseph. Um, man, so I am born and raised here in Amarillo, Texas. Been here all my life. I attend Trinity Fellowship Church. That's where I work full time, and I work in worship and facilities. And I'm looking forward to what we, what the Lord's going to bring in this podcast, and what we're going to be able to just learn from each other, and also about God. So, yes, sir. Um, you know what? Uh, he forgot one very key thing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling Soraya. We're calling her. He's done. He's over. Soraya, yes. we uh, gotta talk. <laughs> I am married to that the one and it. only Soraya Austin. That boy got the ring. Uh, my wife you put is, a ring yes. on it. You see you put a ring. a ring on it. Yes, sir. Period. Let's go. Um, yes, I'm married to Soraya. Um, she's my beautiful wife of three months, um, and we're enjoying marriage. We are freshly and newlywed. So we're learning a lot, but the Lord has brought us through a lot already. So we're excited for what the Lord's going to bring in the next few years. That's freaking awesome. awesome. Well, um, everybody, this is also, this is my girlfriend. This is Brie. Brie, introduce yourself. Hey guys, my name's, uh, Brianne Griffiths and yeah, I am Michael's girlfriend of officially three months. And then (laughs) I am, yeah, I called a wog, I believe woman of God, woman of God. Yes. But, um, yeah, I'm, from Plains, I am graduated with a bachelor's in kinesiology. I work at a chiropractic office She's right smart. now. Um, I'm helping lead at the church with Michael. That's actually how we met, but we'll dive into that a little bit later. Anyway, okay. nice to be here. I'm super excited, super pumped, and so yeah. it's going to be good. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Well, uh, Joe, you want to kind of give us some direction on uh, where we're going today? Dude, absolutely. So we're kind of starting off with a uh, you know, really big topic. Every young adult group, Christian group, this is probably the number one subject you talk about when you're together. We're talking about singleness, we're talking about dating, we're talking about marriage today. Like so, to yeah, man, yeah, man. Well, and, and so, I mean, where, where do y'all, I don't know, where, where do y'all kind of see ourselves kind of talking first in here? We could talk about, about singleness. Yeah, let's, know, start, like let's, start, let's start with singleness. Yeah, okay. let's start with singleness. I think, well, obviously, all of us have been there. <laughs> um, and I definitely think that that's a very crucial time and any type of relationship you know that's the time where you get to uh, grow and get to figure out who you are before you try to figure out who somebody else is you know and so yeah I mean what was what's something that you wish you would have heard while you were single like while I was single not I was single um, that you wish you would know what do you think Sai? <laughs> he's like, he's like, give me that mic. For me, especially as a man of God, um, I, I guess I wish I would have known, but also learned how um, to have open communication mm-hmm. and how to do it as a man of God and as a guy and as a man um, or a man, um, because you know when you get in marriage, um, no one ever talks about. The, the important or even just dating the important principles of what it looks like but communication is one of the main roots that has to be the foundation um, and if it's not it can be um, contradicting but also just 
um, very confusing in a way. So I wish there was just more room and there was also someone to be there for me that said, hey, communicate your feelings, communicate how you're feeling. Um, also, enjoy being single and also find your purpose and your identity before you get into a relationship. Because if you don't, you find that in someone else, mm-hmm. um, which again can be good and bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that would be my yeah. take on that. Shoot, man, that's pretty deep, bro. Um, I guess for for me, you know, I wish that I would have heard like, hey, just one, have some fun with yeah. respect, with respect to yourself. But two, just enjoy life. Like I, I, for the longest time, I was always trying to look for the next, look for the next. How can I improve? How can I improve? How can I improve? But I was never, ever relaxing and finding rest in those seasons. And so like for me, like the idea of being in a relationship was the thing I was striving for while I was single, but I was never enjoying where my feet were at, you know? And so like, I was always restless, I, you know, wrestling with the idea that, Oh, I don't want to be single. I don't want to be single. And then just was kind of shot. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, God was like, you know what? Chill out. I got Brie right here. And so, you know, and then literally that's literally how, like the moment I stopped looking was the moment she walked in. And so like that, it was, it was like literally a God given thing the entire time. I love that because I also think just, um, in society as humans, as, um, just anyone, anybody, we're just always constantly in a hurry and we don't know how to slow down and just enjoy life and have fun. And, um, that all comes of course in all stages of singleness, dating and marriage, but it's important to learn to not be in a hurry constantly when you're single because then you know how to do the rest of it. Um, and of course, not perfect, but you learn. You start somewhere where you do in every season. So that's awesome, too. I love that. Yeah. Mark, what is, uh, what's your take? What is your take on the idea of singleness as a whole? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to happen most, most times. <laughs> Be like, okay, yeah, no, like, I, I wish, like, someone told me way back then that, like, singleness is not a burden. It's not a curse. Mm-hmm. It's not something that's going to hinder you from experiencing the full joy that you get to have in God. Cause that's something I'm kind of like on with Michael. Um, I used to think that like, like being single, like being in a relationship or dating someone is like, you know, like, Hey, like it's a missing piece in my life. And which, you know, like I, I personally think, I think we're going to cover this by the end, but like singleness, dating and marriage are all gifts from God. Like, I personally genuinely believe that. So is singleness. Um, when we start to shift our mind from, like, I would say that, oh, I'm going to need a person able for me to f- fully happy in life or be fulfilled in life. When we shift from a focus on that to, like, okay, I'm going to be faithful to where God has called me. Yeah. Like, I think, so we did a trial run before all this thing with Joe. And Joe kind of brought up a point in that trial episode where, like, he said that God has put us in seasons for a purpose. There's not a season in our life where like it's just meaningless or it's in vain. But like, especially for singleness, it's not something that that God is saying, like, okay, like I'm gonna punish you because you've been unfaithful to me this whole time. Like so that I will bring these people into relationships and you don't. Like just mm-hmm. sit there. Mm-hmm. But like, no, it's like God specifically isolated you for a reason to not be in a relationship so that you can steward something in your singleness that you are not going to be able to fulfill while you're dating or while you're married. Mm -hmm. So right now in my life, 
I'm starting to realize how like how much of a blessing singleness is that I can serve people fully mm-hmm. uh, without um, basically having I don't, I don't know like no, I would say distractions but more like different priorities in life because mm-hmm. I think in some isn't in First Corinthians or Second Corinthians where Paul was saying that um, that I'd rather have you be single so that you you can be focused in ministry right mm-hmm. um, not 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 in a way that like Paul was saying like oh be single forever right you know because that's where like that's where like most Catholic priests are like getting their theology from but like what Paul's saying is like with you being alone right now like steward what you can to where God has called you yeah. and you know like you, you know like be faithful to that yeah. and then right now like I mean I'm still desiring to be married I'm still desiring to be you know to be with someone but I'm not gonna find that as an ultimate end to my purpose because mm. um, basically my ultimate like right now, like with what God is revealing to me, my ultimate purpose is to glorify Him in all aspects in my life, whether if it's singleness, dating, or marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, so wh- wherever am I na- I'm at in life right now, like that's just my goal. But right now, I'm still looking for a single, you know, for a godly woman. But He's looking for a wog, everybody. Yes, a wog, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Please don't be a Jehovah's Witness or a Mormon, please. <laughs> No, dude, weird, because, like, most of... <laughs> okay, so I don't know, I don't know if you guys feel about online dating, but I'm in this online Oh, whoa, whoa, Oh, here we go. That's going to be the next I just got I just got into this, like, dating, uh, dating uh, app called Upward, <laughs> and majority of them are, like, Jehovah's Witnesses are and Mormons, bro, and I'm like, what's the deal? Why? Can, can I just have, like, a non-denominational Christian, like, please? Hello. Oh. By the way, there's Renee. <laughs> Everybody say hi to my dad in the background. <laughs> oh, okay. But but yeah, no, like just like yeah, like I'm learning to how to be faithful right now to like where God is calling me. Right now I'm just gonna, you know, serve other people. And if someone comes along that wanted to partner with me in that, I'm gonna do that. <laughs> it's okay, Renee. <laughs> but yeah. Well, and I think it comes down to the real real purpose of what all every man or woman has been brought on earth to do, which is to glorify God. You know, and, and that's an and that like you're saying, every season of life, that's what that purpose is to do. Your every like your singleness isn't for you, it's to glor- glorify God. Your ma- your marriage isn't for you, it's it's to glor- glorify God. Being being ble- blessed through that is a blessing from God and it's meant meant to be there. But that mar- marriage, even in we've I've seen people in singleness make that a God and and you know yeah. p- make mar- marriage a God in their life. And that's part of the devil's plan where if he can get you to make something else a God or an idol, obviously that idol and God is not going to li- live up to your needs and it's going to fall short, you know? And so leave you, leave you, go- leave you down. You know, it also goes down to what, like what your priorities are and in your singleness, like is your priority going to be, hey, you know what, in my singleness, I'm just going to go and try to hang out with as many people as I can. Am I going to go and actually be a servant of the Lord? Am I going to go and am I going to go get bigger in the gym? Like, what am I going to do? What's my priority while I'm single, you know? And so, you know, for the longest time in my walk with that, Joe, like it was genuinely like, oh, I'm going to work. I was a big golfer, big golfer in high school. And that's all I did in high school. So like the moment that that was kind of gone, I was like, well, crap, who am I? You know, like, and like it was because it became an idol in my life and then i actually you know from that i gave that laid that down at the cross and that became a part of my testimony now in the fact of i now with like when not golf is no longer like an idol in my life right um but now i get to find god within that moment because god rewrote that story and he's reusing that in my life to be 
a part of my testimony and how I can actually point to God, you know, instead of it pointing to me and how like, oh, this built me up, this built me up. No, 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 no. It was all trying to build him up the entire time. So, you know, it's what you do with your time. It's what your priorities are, you know, and singleness, I think you, if you figure out your priorities there, then you'll have fun whenever you're in another, the next stage of life. Yeah. So be, what do you think? Yeah, I just, I wanted to kind of add onto what Sai was saying earlier about in your singleness, like you're trying to find your identity and your purpose, but like, where do you find that? People really struggle. like, well, what is my purpose? What is my identity? And we were made in the image of God. Um, and so God, um, he gives us that identity and he gives us that purpose, but where do we find that? Go look at the gospels, go look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, um, and look at how Jesus lived his life. And if you start living your life, like Jesus lived his life, and you just look for your identity in him and him alone, then everything will fall into place. And so it's not about searching, it's it's about doing his will first and God will provide the rest later. Yes, yes, yes. So you gotta lay yourself down, you gotta let all that pride and all of your wants, you have to let those go. You have to let those go and you have to seek the kingdom first, seek the kingdom first and everything else will fall into place. So what if someone, I'm sorry, this is weird, but like, what if someone is actually doing that? Like, you know, like they've been living their whole, like, I mean, their whole young adult life and like pursuing God and trying to glorify him. But like for some people, I think maybe towards the, the end of their twenties, they all have this tendency or thought of like, okay, why God hasn't still, you know, like brought someone up to me? Like, why, why is no one like, why isn't, why is not God giving my Adam or my um, um what was this the other guy's name with uh with Ruth. boaz there you go <laughs> why is <laughs> why is god hasn't uh, sent my boaz yet what would you say to that person who's like actually like actively seeking the lord but they're not seeing the fruit of like huh where's my guy so what would you say to that i still don't think they've laid everything down yet mm. i still don't think that they've given their full selves up to the lord um and if they are, they are seeking and they are wanting, and it's just, it's patience. If you're going to pray for something as big as patience, then you got to be willing to walk in that. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's just going to take time, and, like, you have to understand that God's plan is better for your life. Yes. And He has to grow you in ways that you won't even understand. Mm-hmm. And there are seasons of your life that you won't understand, but you have to have faith. Mm-hmm. And that that's where faith comes in, is in the unknown. Mm-hmm. And so if you're still here sitting and you're just like, God, why? God, why? God, why? And not sitting here like, God, what can I do to better your kingdom? Yes. God, what can I do um, in this time of singleness to do better for you first? You know, like it can't be all about you. It can't be all about you. I'm sorry. Like it will come. And in and, and some stories in the Bible, like it doesn't. And uh, God still blesses that in so many ways, so many ways. I mean, look at, like, Abraham and his, like, they didn't have kids, and he was like, oh, hey, like, you're going to have a kid at however however old they were. I can't remember exactly how old they were, but, like, there's just some things that need more patience. Mm-hmm. Add to that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. His mic comes in in three weeks, everybody. Um. <laughs> But I, I love what Bree said, um, just everything you said. And also, one thing that we have to keep in mind as humans, we're so quick to skip the process. Oh, yeah. There's always a process to a promise. And we're so quick to want to jump that ourselves of like, we want to go, we don't want to go through the process of what God has for the promise. Mm. Um, 
And all that comes through you laying down, sacrificing, and also saying, it's not about me, it's about you, Jesus, and everything that you're, you're trying to do to prune me, to mold me into whatever I can do to edify your kingdom. Um, and so all to say, like, even to that person, stop trying to skip the process. That's good. There's a process to the promise. And if you skip it, you don't want to get there. And also, if there's a pattern in your life that something's not going well, look, look analyze each of those things. And if, if it's the same issue... It's some. It's a you issue. It's not a God issue. That's yeah. a you issue that you need to deal with. But also lay down the God and give it up to Him at the altar. So I love what you said about that. That was awesome. Well, man, it, it's a it's a process of sacrifice and lay, laying those things down in your life, you know. And it's you know it's there's a um, like you said like if God hasn't provided that that thing, it's uh, it's probably because like there, there's some stuff you you haven't you haven't laid down. And there's so many times where I don't know about y'all where I, I put something on the altar, and I walked away, and I came back five seconds later, picked it right back up, you know. It's like, <laughs> 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 I'm like no, right? I need like I need like a half of this. Just like let me take half. Of this. Take that back, God. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like what? <laughs> <laughs> so what do you mean? <laughs> but it's a, it's a sanctification process, yeah. you know, and I don't know, just letting it go. Oh, Sorry, I just... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are you going to correct me in scripture, Dave? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I feel oh. like in your, in your singleness, I'm going to wait Sorry, for you. I'm going to wait for you. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry, guys. We're beginners. So. <laughs> okay. okay. So Ephesians 4, starting in verse 20 through, and then 22 through 24 says... To take off your former way of life, the old self that is corrupted by deceitful desires, to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, the one created according to God's likeness, in righteousness and in purity of truth. So I'd say to those who are like still struggling in the singleness, and you're like, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, God's still saying there's there's this old way of life that you're still not letting go of. And there's something that you still need to grow in. And he's, yeah. he, he's loving you in that. And God hears you. Like, he hears your wants and he hears your needs. And, like, when you're hurting in that, he's hurting in that. But he's making you wait for a purpose. And so there's still something old in your heart that you have to let go of. Yeah. So, God, God, God's good, guys. God's good, guys. That, that, that's my wall. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So I do want to add something to kind of the whole conversation as a whole. Like, so we've been talking about like our end of the single end of dating. Like, you know, like what what do we need to work on? Where do we need to be in? What do we need to, you know, provide in, for ourselves? You know, and learn from ourselves and learn from God. Or learn about ourselves, not learn from ourselves. Um, so, what does what do we need to be looking for? where in my life do I need to learn about myself before I can start getting into a, out of leaving the season of singleness into the next, right? So, I mean, let's look at, you know, what are some qualities of the things that we need to be looking for in like the idea of a potential spouse? Because one thing about singleness is a lot of people with the idea of dating and the goal of dating that they'll mix up is that, oh, I can just date to have fun. I can just date to do this. I can just date just to get that, you know, the idea of, oh, I have a girlfriend, oh, I have a boyfriend, whatever it is, right? And you know, for the longest time, like, you know, being unserious or not being serious, unserious, being not serious about dating was like, for me in high school, I was like, oh, cool. I can just go on a date and have somebody to go hang out with. Like, no, that's somebody's daughter. And that's something that my dad actually taught me a long time ago is that, hey, that's somebody's daughter. And you need to respect that with honor and you need to respect her parents, you know? And it was until then, like, I started looking at the idea of relationships as differently, you know, because then it wasn't just me that I was bringing into the relationship. I was also 
they were bringing themselves into the relationship. So what do I need to be looking for? Like, what does a listener need to be looking for in that, like in a girlfriend or in a potential spouse for the future? So Mark or Joe, Joe, where do you think, buddy? Man, I think, you know, like in look, looking for a woman, like, you know, we, we, like we were discussing, like it's a uh, uh, Proverbs uh, 31, you know, and, uh, and one, one I had, you know, for like, and I think it, it being easy for, for being, being, being that man and for girls look, looking for, for that man as well. The, let's see, wait, was uh, Psalms uh, one through uh, chapter one, one through, all right. Yeah, sorry. Chapter one, one verses one through three. Blesses the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he med- meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruits in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and all that he does he prospers. And so I think thinking that there's so our the tendency of men, especially in our generation generation nowadays, is not to be disciplined. Not to be disciplined in our jobs, not to be disciplined in the word. And I think and really and if you're gonna be that man that somebody else is look, looking for or a girl's looking looking for that man, um, you know, you have to you have to not it's not I mean it goes beyond just being a man that provides and all those things, but it's are you gonna be the spiritual leader of your home? You know, is is he does he does he know he doesn't have to know the whole whole word, but does he live by the word? Word, you know, and there's there's a difference in those. You know, and I think I also want to add to that: is it a difference of like, one, does he live by it? But two, um, is it a relationship for him with God, or is it a checklist item? You know, go to church on Sunday and I'm good. You know, and you know, because you know, I, for me, whenever I hear like, oh, religion versus relationship, like that's huge for me. Like it has to be a relationship with Jesus. That's the only way. I mean, He is the way, the truth, and the life, and there's no other way in there. You know, and to be able to find that within somebody else, you got to look at their fruits, yeah. the fruits of the spirit. You got to see whether they're there. And, you know, we had this conversation the other night, so I'll let her take over. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're talking about just like, you know, the idea of like, you know, seeing somebody by their fruits. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you were saying that because I was literally thinking about the person that I looked for was somebody who could hold the fruits of the spirit, who had true peace, who could be patient. Um, who was kind, um, had self-control when it came to all aspects of life. And I mean, there's so many more that we've talked about, but the fruits of the spirit um, are just so crucial in a relationship. And so, I mean, yeah, I'll let you finish that thought. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, for, I guess for a guy looking for a girl, right? Uh, I'm looking for a woman, not a girl. Um, And so, Really, I'm going to go to Proverbs 31, um, and we're going to look at verses 29 through 31, or 30, sorry. Uh, okay, so Proverbs 28, or 29, sorry, I'm tripping right now. Now it says, many women have done no- noble deeds, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive, and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. So for me, obviously you're looking at the fruits of the Spirit, but you're also looking at is she as hungry as for the Lord as I am? You know, like, are we going to be able to feed off of one another and like push each other to be better and push each other to be closer to Christ and also fight for one another? You know, like, obviously, you're going to, there's not going to, not being in a relationship is work. Sai, you've talked about that in the past. And I, I fully, fully agree with you on that. Like, it's not just all sunshine and rainbows every single time you have a combo. Like, it's, it's going to be work, right? But above all, is, is that person pushing you closer to christ in that moment or are they cutting you down you know and i think that a lot of the times people will take just verbal and mental and emotional abuse mm. 
and sadly sometimes physical abuse in those types of relationships to where they will throw out the idea of who they are uh, just for the idea of that they can be in a relationship. And so being able to, one, know that there's going to be one day where I'm going to be all wrinkly <laughs> and she's going to be all wrinkly <laughs> and Soraya will be all wrinkly, you'll be all wrinkly, all of us here. Like beauty's probably going to go out the window, not going to lie. Darn it. You know? <laughs> but what's going to be really, really amazing about the future of that and the beauty of that is that like the love between the two of you is going to be there if it's based upon the things of the Lord. And as long as they're pointing back to Christ and pointing to everything that he's done for you too, things are going to work out. As long as he's the foundation, things will work out. So, Sai, what's your thoughts, brother? Um, I mean, I agree with everything everyone has said so far. I mean, the fruits of the Spirit. I mean, Proverbs 31, it can't get no better than that. I mean, everything is great. Um, but I also want to dive deep into also just the love of relationship. Because um, this all kind of goes back, not back, but it also leads towards that conversation of what does that look like? Um, and you had just brought up the, the fact that a relationship is work. Um, and so if, if you are having the conversation with your spouse or your um, girlfriend or boyfriend um, of what's happening, what's going wrong, and you feel like they're cutting you down, even if they're not intentionally doing it, it may be a a red flag for you as a husband or a husband as a boyfriend and say, what is she saying? Like, she's not meaning to cut me down, but it's like, I'm struggling as a man of God, as me, I'm supposed to be the leader of the household. I'm struggling to, to lead in this way. What, what, what she is saying, how can I take that and uh, move forward and be better and more intentional? Um, and love is not always the, a pretty thing. Yeah. Um, of course, if we define what love is based on worldly values and, and what society says is going to be more of a, you know, it's always a touching feeling thing of like, okay, that's great. Good job. But sometimes love, it's just as, you know, men, as Christ died for the church, we are to love our wives. That means correction, um, communicating feelings. Um, something one of my greatest, biggest mentors told me in pre-marriage is listen to your wife. Listen. And that's also love. Um, so it's also like you look for someone that is not willing to always hear the feel good thing. You don't want to look, You don't want someone that's going to be like, you know. Oh, you know, we're not going through anything. We don't want to be, you don't want to be naive in a relationship. Yeah. Things happen. You're going to have to have hard conversations. Me and Soraya, my wife, we just had a hard conversation three hours ago. Okay. And it was pretty hard. Yeah. Um, there are some things that we were not being very intentional about. And it came up on the surface. But the conversation led to so many um, just eye-opening and just really sweet conversation of leaving it and feeling like, okay, I'm confident that I can do this for my wife. She just told me that I can do it. I can lead the household and I can. Um, so also, what is love? I mean, that's a yeah. big thing, too. Is like when you're looking for a husband, a wife, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, what do you expect in that? What's the expectation for you? Yeah. And what's the expectation for that person? What does it mean to have an expectation? That's a really big thing, too. So I just love what you all said because it kind of led me to like, OK, if we're going to find this person, we have to love this person, but how are we going to love them correctly? Yep. And it's as Christ died for the church. And if you know how Jesus died for the church, how Christ died for the church, I mean, it, love is not always pretty. Look at the parables. Look at the gospel. Look at, I mean, read, know the theology. So I love what y'all said about that. It was awesome. So, so let's just go ahead and ask that question for everybody. And I mean, everybody. <laughs> so what is, what is love then? Man. Well, and like, 
like the like the fir- first thing was like love I like how like how uh Sao was saying it's, I think it's going going to like you know love is a verb it's it's an action you know you can you can say all the wor- words you want to one another if you don't do what, what you say and like and have a- actions behind that it's it's meaningless um you know and i think think in that like in learning to love one another one of the hardest processes is letting go of past uh, ungodly relationships, mm-hmm. you know, because in those past ungodly relationships, odds are it probably like ended. Well, like if it was, if it was ungodly one, like God was the center of it is probably why, why I didn't succeed. Yeah. Um, two, you know, there, there might've been some sin- sinful th- things going on, but uh, in that you're trying to love each other, like in, in the world, world, worldly way, you know, and you're trying to meet, meet each other's needs of the only God, can can fill yeah. you know and so um but i don't know but i mean you know and especially love you know just goes back to love is patient love is kind mm-hmm. uh you know does not ang- ang- anger anger but <laughs> you're like right, you're like right, i got that right got there <laughs> but dude yeah no that's that's kind of that's kind of it but mark <laughs> but um Sorry. <laughs> Come on, past them. That's it. That, that's it. That's it. Oh, man. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, like, I mean, if we're going to ask ourselves, like, what is love and what good, what is a good picture of love, I think we have to look no further towards God, towards Jesus. Because if we're, if, again, this is going to be a racial thing, like, racial joke again. Like, if someone asks, <laughs> if someone, if someone asks you, here, here, let, let, hear me out. Okay. Okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> hear me out is crazy. <laughs> if someone, if someone asks, like, yeah, no, if, if I want to make, like, Mexican food, and I went to, like, an Asian restaurant, sorry, and I'd be like, ask the chef, how do you make a me- good Mexican food? They have no what idea what that here, what that is, right? <laughs> so, this is, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a bad comparison, bad parallel, but, but it's like with God, it's like if you're asking for like what godly love looks like, you're not going to look towards society and culture yeah. of what the definition of love is. Come on. Like if you want a good godly representation of what love is, look no further towards the cross. Look no further to what yeah. Jesus has done. You know, right? Like Jesus said that like there's no greater than uh, there's no greater love than laying down one's, you know, li- uh, laying down one's life. And I feel like. So you got you got First Corinthians. I got First John. So I want to read a passage actually, where it says that um, it's in chapter four, starting in verse seven. It says, "God is love, beloved. Let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world, so that we might live through Him." In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and His love is perfected in us. And then we go down um, in verse 16 and it says, So we have come to know and to believe that the love that, the love that God has for us, God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with, not, with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love 
because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And this is the commandment we have from him. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. So I think John is basically saying that we cannot know what true love is or what a godly love looks like without looking towards the cross. If you want to know what a right love is, not a type of love that is influenced by culture, that is influenced by sin. No, we look forward, we look to the cross, to Jesus, to God, of what true love is like. And I think that's something that our society and modern Christianity um, is trying to adapt when it comes to like, oh, you must love me, therefore you must accept everything about me. You should not call me out. You should not hold me accountable. Mm. You should not, you know, um, I would say like, like I'm not taking responsibility. Just accept me. Although we have this type of love where I'm like, yeah, I'm going to love you in spite of who you are because that's what God did for me. But I'm going to hold you accountable to that because that's what God did. God loved us in spite of who we are, but his love is not something that's going to leave us as like, as that. Like, I think God's love changes us. So does our love for one another, for whoever we date or for our uh, whoever our spouse is going to be, our love for them is supposed to change them mm-hmm. and supposed to hold them accountable and to um, encourage them to look towards Jesus. And I think, I don't know, like it's, it's just weird how like we, we ask ourselves, what is love? Like what kind of love? And we look in social media and we say, oh, that kind of love is like, I want that kind of love wherein we go to, you know, um, um, beautiful places or take me out to date which those are actually love but like true love is more about out serving one another serving that person and laying down your life for them yeah you know that's something that's missing because like love what people think is that more oh i gotta you know i need i need more i need more it's more of a selfish yeah they think it's a feeling yes exactly it's a it's a it's a feeling of love it's not like more of a it's not a gift that you give to someone. It's more like I'm obligated to receive, you know? And like you owe me your love. Exactly, yes. Which I don't know. I'm like, man, it's just. Well, yeah. when you end. Oh. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that. And also, when you see. I mean, I'm going to speak specifically to marriage because that's the season means where I are in, not season. That's where we are. That was bad. Yes, um, we're going to be married for life, you know, till death do us apart. Uh, but also when you see marriage as a gift and not a title, it changes your perspective yes. because it goes back to the Bible and the correlation of how Christ died for the church. Um, in marriage is when you're becoming one, you're equally yoked, you're in union, you're, you are coming together to accomplish and edify the kingdom. Not it's not individually anymore. It's actually me and you, as my wife, are coming together to edify the kingdom. That means we're going to be laying down some stuff together. We're going to be sacrificing some stuff together, and it's easier said than done. Be ready. I'm telling everyone out there, back here, it's hard. It's hard. Sorry. <laughs> but truthfully, listen, um, it, it's it's very hard because. We're human. We don't want to lay down stuff. We say we do, but then we, God's like, lay down. We're like, I'm good, God. I'm going to keep it. But you have to lay down, and it goes back to love. And also remember that what you said about, you know, even for uh, John, what you just read was amazing because we have to keep in mind that God sees us through it at all times. So we must see our spouse through it. That means loving them, cherishing them, and also 
walking alongside with them, even if it looks ugly. Because you are one. We are the Austins. Yep. We're not the Austin and the Austin. It's the Austins. So also keeping that in mind as well. So I love what y'all said. That's awesome. No, I, I, I want to, before I let you go, I'm sorry. I'm going to say something right quick. Um, so <laughs> anyway, um, really what I was going to say is is that like love, you know, Joe and I were talking about it the other night, is that love is, is, is definitely not a feeling. Um, you know, because if you think about it, you know, Jesus up on the cross was not feeling really lovely. <laughs> you know, like he, he, like, I mean, think about it. He's literally getting beat to a pulp. I mean, literally, and he still chooses to love us. And I think that that's the biggest mindset and biggest heart change that I've ever had in my life is that the moment that I, that I've started to choose to love over how I'm feeling. Because in the moment, I mean, there's times where I can be genuinely just pissed, especially when it comes to family stuff. Like, and that stuff is frustrating at times, but I choose to love my family as I choose to love other people, as I'm choosing every morning to love Brie, you know? And for me, like, it's like, we make the joke all the time between her and I, but it's like, oh, it's not, it's, it's a, out of choice, not out of obligation. Um, and like in the season of life that we're in is that like, we're obviously we're dating, right? But like, we're every morning we choose to love one another, you know, just as Christ has chose to love us. So it's a sacrificial type of love. It's an agape kind of love. And um, for those who don't know, agape means sacrificial love. That's the kind of love that we receive from God. And so like that right there is my motto, honestly, in the way I choose to love people. And outside of relationships, outside of dating, like even in, like your normal day to day, like being able to look past the, the the frustration or look past the stupid jokes or look past the the anger or the hurt and choose to love somebody is how we choose to love our spouse in the, in the future. And so that's that's my perception of what love is. Is it's definitely not a feeling because if it was a feeling, then you'd be up and down, up and down, up and down all the time, never consistent. You know, and one of the most consistent humans in all of history was Jesus, and he chose to love us every single time. Actually, I have a question. Like, I want to know more about, like, practically, like, what that looks like. I don't know if we already, like, skip past dating or if we would, like, right now just focusing on marriage. We're kind of going through the waves of it, I think. (laughs) Which is good. Which is good. But, like, I have a question when it comes to, like, dating. So, for young adults, like, they have, like, different, like, views of what godly dating looks like. And, And I don't know, like... Is there like, cause you know, the, the dating is not in the Bible, right? You know, yeah. and and it's, sometimes whenever if we try to look for like, okay, what does the God-centered dating looks like, and we try to look to the Bible, it's like there's nothing here. So for y'all, for both of you guys, what what is like, what is the godly dating for y'all looks like, and most importantly, is something I'm also like learning is that how do you guys set up that boundaries of like what lines not to cross, hmm. and I don't know. What is that? What does a godly dating for you guys looks like? I think before you think about even entering into a relationship and like we're on the topic of love right now, um, like you have to first learn how to love yourself because if you don't know how to love yourself, um, then you don't know what Christ's love is for you. And then when you're wanting to enter into a relationship, it shouldn't be just something fun that you want to do. It shouldn't be something you should be in a mindset that it's a heart posture almost like, like, am I ready for marriage? Am I ready to be committed? Am I ready um, for that next step? And if you're not there, then you don't even need to have dating on your radar Um, because dating is just a next step to marriage. Um, And so it's really not about 
I want to have fun with this person. I want to have somebody. I want to put my identity in this person. No, it's about having a partner in life, having somebody that's going to hold you accountable, somebody that's going to push you to the cross. Um, And so something that me and Michael, like, say always is like, I'm going to choose to wake up. I'm going to point you to the cross and I'm going to love you today. Mm -hmm. Um, no matter what, what obstacles that we go through, like we're going to, we're going to grow in that together. Um, and so back when people were like, were in the Bible, like there really wasn't dating. It was like, you got married right then and there. And then you went through, um, all of the trials and obstacles and stuff later on. Um, but I think like what a blessing it is to like have this dating and getting to experience each other and getting to learn and grow through things so that way when marriage does come not saying there isn't trials when marriage doesn't come sorry like you and Soraya just said like y'all had a hard conversation um but you get to really like wrestle with some things in dating and you get to set boundaries and you get to walk in that um and so me and Michael like would sit down and be like okay what lines do we not need to cross mm-hmm. and like we would get really deep into that like because there is a lot of bad things that can happen while you're dating y'all know like there is sexual immorality and that is what a lot of people are dealing with right now sexual immorality and um i'd say like you need to make sure that you are keeping yourself pure and i'm not saying like everybody nobody's perfect we're all human we all fall um i've fallen michael's fallen like we've we've all fallen and so um i would just say like you need to make sure you know what your expectations are for yourself and you need to have high expectations for yourself and you do not need to compromise that for anybody mm-hmm. nobody women men like you need to know who you are and be firm in that mm-hmm. um and so jesus wants to protect you like your body is a temple yes. it is and you're supposed to become one in marriage and that is so special when marriage comes around you know and like why are you gonna create all of these soul ties mm-hmm. to a million different people and when you finally find the one you are so empty you have nothing to give to them mm-hmm. and so why would you not save yourself for that right person it's temporary. It's not fulfilling. You Whatever happens in that moment, it's a moment, momentary thing. And then it's over. And then you feel, you feel worthless and you feel further from God and it just makes you feel dark inside. And so um, that's exactly what God doesn't want for us. And so I say anybody like struggling with setting boundaries is like you need to understand your worth first um, and then go from there. But I'll let you... Sorry, I went on a rant. I oh, like yeah, I'm so passionate about this. She's cooking, bro. Guys. She's cooking, guys. She's cooking. Um, yeah. So the question was, you know, how how do we set boundaries in a dating relationship, and how do we, you know, have that foundation? And honestly, Bree hit it on the head on everything. So um, really, the only the main thing that I would want to add to it is that, like, as a man, you know, being able to ask myself the question, you know, am I the guy that I would let my own daughter date in the future? Um, and setting those types of boundaries for myself, like in the future, like obviously I'm going to have a kid one day, right? If, you know, God willing, right? Um, but let's say I am a dad, right? And let's say some some dude comes down the street and is like, oh, I want to take your daughter on a date. Well, I'm going to have some pretty harsh, like not, not, not boundaries, but I'm going to have some priorities and expectations for him to even be near my daughter in the first place, right? And it's, it's because, I mean, I, I'm, I'm her dad, you know? Like, that's my daughter, and I want to defend that, and I want to honor that. But for me, and now how do I bring, now how does that tie into a dating relationship? Is that if I'm going to have these things for the future and want these pure things and purity and, and a God-centered relationship, then I'm going to want that right now. Mm-hmm. 
it's not just a, oh, a long distance, like, oh, it's not this like a, oh, I'm going to do that later in life. No, I'm going to do it right here, right now. Like, I don't want to think about it. Like, I want to do it. You know, like I want to be pure. I want to fight for purity. I want to fight for Brie. I want to fight for the love that God has provided for her and I. Um, but above all, like, you know, one thing I told Brie a while ago is that you know, I promise to always point her to the cross. No matter how frustrated she gets with me or how frustrated I get with her, I'm going to always point to the cross and I'm always going to fight for that. And that's one of the main priorities within our relationship right now is that we're not going to fix each other's problems. And so we cannot become the God of each other's lives. And so, yes, we can you know, ask for support or whatever, like we, they can help us there. But the only thing is, is that it's, there's a fine line of helping versus living for that person. And, um, be letting, like not letting her become an idol in my life. You know, and you guys have known that in my life, you know, with past stuff in my life is that like, I've allowed for a relationship to become an idol. Y'all saw how bad it was after. <laughs> it's terrible after because I didn't have any boundaries set up, you know, and it was it was a very painful time, you know, and it was it wasn't where I needed to be, right? But from that I learned how to set boundaries. I learned how to make sure that God is always first, even above her. And while you're dating, I think that a lot of people will just kind of get the misconception of like, you know what, oh we're dating. Oh, we're basically already married. Like, no, no, that is not a covenant. Dating does not have a ring whatsoever. And above all, God needs to be in the center of that. If he's in the center of the dating, then things work out. So what does that look like practically? Where you said, because you, you, I think we'd be talking about like, you don't idolize, you know, dating or you don't idolize marriage. And because like, you know, we're all sinners here and we're going to have like the tendency to maybe idolize it. So when... Where, how do you think or how are you going to not say avoid but how are you going to be on the lookout for that when you start idolizing dating or marriage what does that look like practically can you hmm. reword that question <laughs> like um <laughs> sorry we're like because like you be, you guys been talking about like oh we're not going to idolize dating we're not going to idolize marriage and we're all sinners here we're all going to still going to commit sin but like how do you guys practically be on the lookout for that heart posture where like you guys treat dating and marriage as God? Yeah. Um, so I think when we start going to each other for the answers instead of God for the answers is when like we really have to take a heart check. And it's like, no, like, I don't need to be going to Michael for all of my answers and everything, all my spiritual, emotional, like, God needs to be the one I go to first. And if God leads me to Michael, then I'm going to run to Michael and I'm going to be like, hey, God's, God's telling me this. I need, um, I need you to hear me on this and I need your, your advice and, um, maybe pray about it first before you come to me with it. But, um, it's really just not looking to each other for all the answers and everything in life. And we really haven't hit a spot like that like our relationship with God is um we're growing I say like hand in hand like Michael's growing up I'm growing up and we're not growing in together um and not to say that that's a bad thing but if you're too far in and like only relying on one another for everything in your life um that's when it can become an idol and um like I guess our relationship with God just needs to be prioritized above everything else um, you know, and also something that I want to add to that, I think that 
uh, kind of like a red flag could be um, if it's becoming an idol is one of you know is the other person pulling you away from who you are are they pulling you away from your friend group are they pulling you away from you know your priorities in life but above all are they pulling you away from the word of god um are they pulling you away from that relationship because if if you can't have that relationship locked in at first like joe normally says all the time and i'll let him talk about it you know his his the idea of you know getting the vertical right before you get anything horizontal right and so like if that other person is pulling you away like if brie were to ever pull me away from christ like my love goes to christ first like we make yeah <laughs> okay maybe not like, <laughs> we do not condone that here we do not condone that here anyway um figuratively, figuratively okay yeah, physically. Slap me with the Bible. No! Okay, with, with the Bible. Okay, fine. With the Bible. No, I was playing. I was playing. No, but, like, but for real. But for real. Like, the idea of, like, if my eyes are not fixed upon the Lord and they're only fixated on her, like, I'm not going to be able to love her well because I'm not loving Christ well. And my priorities are out of line, you know? And so, like, you know, I, I make the joke of, like, if she's ever pulling me away from Christ, like, Joe, Mark, you guys need to punch me in the face. Like, no, like, seriously, like, that is, that's my priority. My calling on this earth is to love Christ and to glorify him. And I can't do that if my eyes are only fixated upon her. They need to be fixated upon Christ only. Well, and on, on that note, I like how, like you were saying, like, bring, like, like if, if you ever did, did that, like, we'd call you, call, call you, and then vice versa for, for all of us, um, me and oh, Mark, not me. <laughs> <laughs> it's my chance, all right? <laughs> it's my chance. No, no, but, it, you know, like, me and Mark have talked about this a lot. It goes, goes back into community. So, so many times people don't bring their community into their, their, their dating life, you know, and I'm not saying if you're, like, don't let your community control or your family or anybody like that control your relationship be let let the word d- dictate that um but uh but like let other people have an eye in to to check on you to keep keep you account accountable not just not it goes here's the thing they're the going past the the physical boundaries that you should go 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 past is is bad but uh making them an idol in your life i'd almost say that's that 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 has that can have some long-term effects that is way worse worse than the other um and so i don't know but yeah i think just just letting letting other people uh be be willing to hear uh hear wisdom and advice on other other people to see you in those situations <laughs> now after all that i kind of need to hear the, hear the question one more time so we do that oh, okay try right. like you know. how <laughs> Like again, I'm gonna establish the uh, the foundations. Like we are all gonna be sinners still, um, mm-hmm. yes. and we're gonna str- we're going to struggle with idols. But how would you be on the lookout um, for idolizing, dating, and marriage? What is a practical application for you to be on the lookout for that? Because mm-hmm. again, like again, like we're all like if you're a Christian, spoiler alert, you're still going to sin, but your love for sin changes. By the way, but with pursuing that person, how would you avoid that? Pra- like, how would you be on the lookout for that practically? Um, I kind of said this earlier. I kind of said this earlier, but mine's very simple. And this is also just coming from a marriage perspective is not to be naive. Um, I think we get, you know, especially as Christians, we get in this like, 
stepping stool. Like we're dating, we got married, so nothing's gonna happen. We're living the life, the dream. Like, oh my Lord, the Lord's providing. Yes, God. And it's like, okay, lay all that down. Things are still gonna happen. Let's not be naive. So, and when I say that, I'm saying uh, don't be naive. Actually be alert and just also protect your marriage. And I actually learned this from Soraya. Um, protecting your marriage is okay. Of course, there's a healthy level of doing it and there can be a almost like an idle kind of way of doing it. But Soraya does it really well. And what that looks like is really just communication, the expectation. Mm. Um, when you set expectations, which we learned in marriage counseling, it also helps a lot in the process of what's going to happen moving forward as far as like what's the expectation of me going to hang out with friends what's the expect expectation for me doing worship um what's the expectation for me serving with students all the little things matter so setting the expectation and not being naive to things happening will cause you to make sure because then that i mean to me when you are naive that means you're thinking marriage is idle because marriage is like up here mm-hmm. and you're thinking because i got married I don't have any issues. So that's also an idol. So not being naive and actually being alert and protecting your marriage for me personally, but for audience, if you're just dating someone, I mean, I love what we, when we talked about the boundaries earlier, you know, setting those boundaries and also noticing when, when there's a red flag. And I love what y'all said about keeping Christ first. Um, it's weird because dating and marriage are two different things. Obviously, when you're dating, I would say you have that more personal relationship with God of where you can go to Christ first before you go to that person. But when you're married, you become one. So you got to find the, the bridge of, yes, going to my wife in some instances first before I go to Christ. Not Now, if it's like a major like, you know, it depends on the decision and the, the talk. What the, what the conversation is but I do think they ha- there are some instances where you have to go to your wife and then y'all both come to Christ of like mm. we're doing this together yeah. um, and it, and that just changes with perspective as you take the next yeah. steps going forward but I love what y'all said about that said about that um, so yeah that's my biggest thing is just not be naive protect your marriage for me but also to y'all out there just protect yourself you are a temple um, your body's a temple um, and just being alert you know yeah I want to add something and it was um off of like the red flags and Joe you were talking about community um and I would say like for the listener like if you are wanting to figure out some ways like am I idolizing my relationship like look to who your friends are and if if they're also Christ-centered ask them to hold you accountable because if my friends ever heard me say Michael's my everything and I only go to Michael not like we're hanging out all the time and like I have no (laughs) other like this isn't he's my person you know help Like, if my friends, if my friends ever heard me say something like that, they'd be like, Brie, you need to step away. Like, where is Christ? Like, Christ needs to come first. And, like, you need to have friends that are going to hold you accountable and, like, be aware of those red flags for you um, and that know you well enough um, to call you out in that, too. Yeah, so that's all I said. Yeah, um, you know, kind of going back to the idea of what Sai was talking about, like, being not being naive, I think something that kind of really, really helps, you know, Brie and I, kind of safeguard the idea of us not being a uh like idols in one each other in, in in one another's life sorry i can't talk right now um is the idea of like over communicating um and like not letting anything uh fall through the cracks of anything like if if there's anything that i do that you know makes her mad or anything that she does that makes me mad like we are like really really good and i think we're getting better at it as we've gotten you know longer and longer in our relationship like we're learning more about one another but we're also learning about 
you know, how can we be as clear and transparent towards one another as possible? But because we, you know, personally as me being able to lead her right now in the season of dating, like I don't want anything to fall through the cracks and then like, and say, like I say something on a Tuesday, right? And then like on a random Tuesday, a year from now, it comes back up. Like we should have talked about it right then and there so that it doesn't come back up. Mm-hmm. And like you were talking about earlier, size, so like picking it up, letting it be there laying it down and then going away from it, you know, and growing from it, learning from it, you know, and being able to, um, over communicate that within our relationship. I think something that's really, really helped us to also keep accountable with one another, you know, yes, it's great having, we, her and I both have people in our corners to count us out, to call it, to call us out. Like I got you three and I got my homies in Lubbock, you know, and she's got a whole group of people around here that's calling her out as well. And so like Joe was saying earlier, bringing your community in allows for you to have accountability and above all, to be able just to be diligent with the things that you are focusing on. Um, And so, yeah, yeah. um, My main thing to really help out with that is to over-communicate. So So when you said over-communicate, like... This is the, 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 that, <laughs> like that. That doesn't mean like you're gonna tell literally everything, or like like because there's there's some like instances where like you spill too much, and like that person's let's just say privacy is violated, like the like your partner. Like, how would you like? Well, what does that look like? You um, said like yeah. Okay. So I'm talking about over communicating in between her and I. Oh, okay. okay. Now now yes, obviously you know on my behalf when it comes to you guys. Obviously, I'm going to respect her and I'm going to be honoring to her. Um, but whenever it comes to between her and I, like if I make her mad, like I'm, gonna, she's going to tell me, hey, you really pissed me off and I need you to talk to me about it. And here's why, you know, and then I can come at it with like, OK, well, thank you for communicating with me. I, I receive this. How can I help us in this? You know, help uh, help me help us, you know. Um, but whenever it comes to your question, Mark, it's most definitely with a respect to who you're with. Like. Absolutely obviously you know what you know guys are gonna have guy time girls are gonna have girl time they're gonna do whatever they're gonna do but with respect to one another because they do want they love one another and they choose to do that out of love for one another rather than like oh uh i'm just gonna bad mouth breathe the entire time they're talking to you guys like no no you guys would call me out on that immediately and i would hope that her group would do that to her as well um and that just comes with accountability you know and so it's also being picky with the people you choose to be around um, because are you going to have people around you that are going to build you all up or are they going to cut you down? Mm-hmm. And also, you know, you know, sign, I wanted to ask you this, um, with the idea that, you know, now you're married, right? So, you know, and I see it with my parents as well. They choose at times to not always hang out with like, you know, single people or, or people who are in just freshly into dating. So I don't know if this has hit y'all yet. But I've seen that and like being with people in the same boat of life, like what is your thoughts when it comes to like that? It's kind of a little, you know, side pin from my conversation, but I've been thinking about that for a minute. Um, And and before I answer that question, I want to say also with your over communicating, everything Malcolm just said was great because there's it's one thing to communicate with your spouse, girlfriend, boyfriend, whoever's watching. But communicate, communicating, but also understanding what that person is saying. Mm-hmm. We can we can communicate all day, not understand what we're saying to each other. So communicating on understanding and actually being intentional and actually grasping your full attention towards your spouse 
is key. And if you do that, talk it out, you'll be fine. Mm -hmm. So, um, but to answer your question, Michael, um, man, it's hard because my three best friends, (laughs) my three best friends beside me are technically single. Um, (laughs) But it's just like, I, I, (laughs) oh my gosh. Man, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's a bad thing to hang out with people that are not married when you are married. However, it is really important to to guard that you're not doing it so much because there's just different perspectives. And when you're married, just so much changes in life that a single person will not understand. Not because they're a bad person, but they just haven't reached that stage yet. Um, so means sorry, we still hang out with people that are dating. Um, and honestly, we, if I'm being really honest and transparent with everyone here, we really don't have that many married friends. We're still in the process of find, finding that community because all of our friends were either single dating or our friends that were married or that are married have a baby now. So then we're like in this different scenes of life because they have a baby. We're freshly and newly married, uh, newly wedded. So we're in the process as a couple, as a marriage, finding that community. But I wouldn't, I don't, I wouldn't say that it's bad to, um, even seek because I've learned you know we always have that saying of like well a married person cannot or a single person cannot tell a married person what to do Um, but there are things that I've learned in the engagement process from y'all when I was engaged and y'all are single and I learned as a man how I can go into my relationship and being a husband not just a boyfriend so I think there's definitely um, in all you know because it also goes back to who are your friends all my best friends are Christ-centered. We're all close to Jesus. We have a personal. We don't just go to church. We know Jesus on a deep level. We know who he is. We grasp his full character, his love, his fruit of the spirit. We carry that. We're not perfect. We sin. But we try our best with all of our intention to body that everywhere we go. Um, so I think it, it depends on your community because not everyone's best friends are always the most Christ-filled people. So look at who you're around. Um but to answer your question again, I don't think it's bad to hang out. Being a married man, I don't think it's bad to hang out with someone that's dating. Um, it's a matter of who is that person? What's that person like? Who's that? What's the character? Yeah. What are what are their values? And y'all's values, I know them clearly because y'all are my best friends. Right. Um, but I do think it changes. It changes a lot because now we're newly wedded. We're just like we can't hang out with. Like even when y'all ask me to do stuff, I know. I want to say yes. I yes, it's hard. But like, and and me, like, I don't. When y'all ask me to do stuff, I'm not hearing like, "Oh, can you, Soraya, come do this with me?" It's more I'm hearing, "Can I?" I'm like, "Well, y'all, I'm married now, so Soraya got to come. If I'm going, she gonna come too." And I know that's what y'all mean, which is that's something we can just do communication as bros. But um, it does change because you do want people that are married that are also speaking into your life that understand what you're talking about. Um, because again, a single or dating people, not that they don't understand, but they won't understand because they haven't been to that season of life yet. So yeah. Yeah. Well, shoot, bro. Nice. I can't, I don't know what to add to that. That was perfect. So yeah. Does anyone else have a question? Jojo. Jojo. Joe. I know. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Just hiding in the corner, guys. No, you're good. You're good, man. Um, man, I'm trying to think. No, not not man. Not really any questions. I I think, uh, 
No, I think man, I think we kind of covered. Yeah, covered well, it I want to let's see, let's see. Um, B, do you have anything you want to ask? You know, guys um, uh, that are in this, ask us. Let me let me just take a second to to process this. Y'all are awesome. Y'all are all awesome. Minute. I hope you know that. Okay, I actually have a question. Okay, so oh, okay, <laughs> Mark's Mark. like, give me the okay. mic. Sorry. No, I think you guys touched on it. You ran out of time. <laughs> I thought you guys like, touched on this like real quick. I'm sorry. Like, I, I actually gotta say something. No, go ahead. Like, wait, what? Huh? What's going on? <laughs> Ask your question. So like, when you guys? Okay, so like, with after like, so we're um Joe and I are like single here, and I'm. Michael kind of said like he's still kind of you know single but he's dating but like what is the difference between like you being in a relationship right now or being married right now to like being single because like there's gonna be a huge contrast at some point like not in a sense where like your you pursuing the Lord is different but like I don't know like the rhythm in your life changes shifts Singleness yeah, from singleness to dating to marriage. So you want, so you want what is the the difference between going from single to being in a combination of married and dating? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's kind of hard. Okay. So that's a side, that's a side question. Then. It is kind of. <laughs> <a side question. laughs> Wait. Um, can you ask it one more time, just like cl- for clarity purposes? I have like a weird like way of like articulating words, but like, so. Just to simplify, like, what is the big contrast from, like... Each season of life. Yeah, like, as a single person. Yeah. So, I mean, we can answer the single dating. Yes. And then you'll come in and finish up. And then, but we, I want to hear, I want to hear Joe's opinion. I want to hear Joe and Mark and I want to hear you guys because it's mainly us talking. I want to hear y'all. Man, I think, like, when, like, my my concept of, like... Like like dating like like we had talked about the whole goal of dating is to uh, see if you're good good uh, good for each other for marriage you know if that that's what God, God's will is you know and kind of pushing forward in that and so like it's hard I haven't really you know I've, I've only had a really like two relationships you know kind of been on a few dates and that sort of thing but like I feel like in that process you're uh, it's like you know especially now at our age where we're in our twenties um, you know we can really start asking the he- heavier questions you know and it's like and you should know more about yourself it's like you know a couple couple months in or a couple months in or later it's like okay can i really see myself with this person you know for for the long term you know and uh and i think you know and it goes it goes well beyond the just the tr- traditional like oh hey do do i do i like them about, about this you know or the you know uh do do i see them be, being this kind of wife or this kind of hu- husband or that sort of thing it's do i do i see do i see them uh do i see uh pre- preaching the gospel with this person and, and walking in, in that that calling of uh of ministry uh and so i think in that dating it's weird you're you're both you're both beginning to like minister with e- with each other and kind of seeing if you fit together with with that. But then also, you're number one. It's like, all right, kid, do we agree on the the words words of the, like on the gospel on on the, uh, the scripture? Because if you if you don't want that person, then book it, leave. Like, don't 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 waste <laughs> don't waste your time, man. And uh, priority though, you got it the is priority. You know, having the faith, being the same. You know, 
equally yoked right you know and so uh man it took me forever to realize what that actually meant you know with with the oxen you know and stuff and because uh man dude if you're if you're if you're with christ that person's not that that yoke's gonna get pretty tiring man (laughs) you know and so but yeah i think i think it's really just that it's that beginning of hard pressing it's like okay are we met for marriage or not and if the answer is no for that again you have to leave that don't waste don't waste your time don't waste their time yeah, you know, and I think that it's something that, you know, if they are they in the church, are they, yeah. you know, with, are they with it, you know? Yes, yeah, really absolutely. Gotta, the only thing I can say is I can look back to my pastor back home uh, mm-hmm. in Lubbock, in Lubbock, kind of home, home is Canyon. Um, but my pastor, Tyler Hiddleberg, um, Heidelberg, Heidelberg. Yeah, my bad, Tyler, <laughs> you, know who, you know what it is, Tyler. <laughs> uh, if you're listening to this, you know, I love you, bro. I miss you, John. <laughs> anyway, um, but one of his, when, he said it during our dating uh, relationship uh, series. Uh, back in like February or something, he was like, "Serving is sexy," and I heard that and I was like, "Bro, that's stuck." Bro, like I'm not gonna lie, my man, that's what's wrong. Wrong, wrong. But like, it's being consistent. Are they, you know, are they disciplined? Are they, are they yeah. pursuing the Lord? Are they, are they with that? You know, and I think that that's a huge sign to look for. And and even in a single, while you're while you're single, looking for that in another spouse, or looking yeah. for that in a potential spouse, not another spouse, but like a potential spouse, you know, and whether like for me like am i also serving you know like am i helping extend the kingdom in that time am i being diligent with the time that god has given me to be single you know and um so yeah that's really one thing you, you said yeah. it a second so i wanted to jump on that before i forgot about it because you know Dude. adhd is crazy anyway yeah, um, like- <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah so is there anything else you want to add to that dude man not man not not a lot you know i think um yeah i think it's just uh pressing um man just being as i think i can speak from it like as guys guys i think we're we're not great at being really honest with ourselves about uh you know if we really like that really like that person you know or if we're if we're willing to to stick stick with that person um and so i think yeah just really be honest with yourself in that dating process on and get get serious about it because dating you're not dating today you're dating dating to marriage so yes sir i just wanted to kind of like add something onto mark's question but you're like what what changes and your thought process and the way you think about thing has to changes mm-hmm. because like um when i was dating like i could just make decisions and i could rant and i could like make decisions for myself but uh, when me and michael started dating i was like hey this could affect you too mm-hmm. and like potentially like i would start talking and he'd be like okay listen do you need me to fix this or do you need me to listen and i mean that's something that like I have really respected just from dating because nobody's ever like asked me that and so I'm like I guess I need you to fix it like I need your I need your advice like I need some input but then he would know like no she just needed to rant Mm -hmm. and so it was really having like a perspective change um while you were going from single to dating um and it's slowly like before marriage like you are you're one in marriage but it's it's becoming that journey of becoming one and so looking at like how do we start to become one like i need to start asking him questions that um i'm gonna have to decide about my life or he's gonna have to decide about his life um and just learning how to communicate learning how to love each other learning how to love somebody else outside of yourself um and like it's transitioning and it's adding somebody else into your life um that you want to love and you want to be intentional um and you want to just like really 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 learn how to um know how they think and know how they act um know like what's going on with them um and then going to god with that as well together 
well, while you're dating. Um, and then, Sai, I guess you could really take it away unless you had something to say, Michael. I was just going to say, say too, just like on that note of like, I really like how you said like learning to like love, love that other person. Cause yeah. like growing up in our generation, we were terrible at loving, loving other people. We're not raised to love, we're late raised to like purely and only love ourselves yeah. and serve ourselves. And uh, one of the, I just, there was this quote that my dad, dad gave me uh, just like, you know, looking at marriage, looking ahead and just being really honest about it. He's like, here's the thing, Joe. He's like being, uh, he's like two people getting married is two selfish people dying to do to each other. You know, it's just dying to themselves, you know? And it's like, cause you're like, you were talking about yourself, you and Sarai are one, you know? And so then that, you know, that, that single person is, is gone. You know, yeah. you're with that person. And so, and if you both, the beautiful thing is you both serve each other and you're both need your rent. Right, so right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess in the process of us going from singleness to dating, we prayed about whether or not this was the right decision mm-hmm. while we were still like learning more about each other, understanding that there were, were feelings there, but we didn't just jump right in. That's good. You know, we really, we were like, okay, God, like, is this going to glorify you? Is this relationship going to glorify you in the end? Do we re- are our hearts in a good place? Because we were both just coming out of relationships as well, um, and so we really had to make sure that we were in a good place um, to start a relationship, even. And so we prayed about it, and we both got confirmation. And then he asked me out in August, and it never, it's been history ever since. And we've just been growing and learning ever since. I say I say he tricked me into dating no. him, but you know, <laughs> I guess I guess I fell for it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, go ahead. No, go ahead. Nah, bro, it's chilling. We're chilling, bro. No, go ahead. Truth and love. Say with your chest, bro. Uh, disclaimer: I did not trick her. Um, what happened was what happened was uh, was uh, you know I all the, all you do uh, guys what you do is mm-hmm. you ask her out to coffee. That's all you do. Amen. Ask her out to coffee, but then you just the rest is history. <laughs> Sorry, but the way I notice how Michael actually like pursues is like ask for coffee and then ask. Hey, tell me your story. What's your testimony? That's, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yes. That's a tip how to like get, you, get, yeah. get the girl to like, you know, open up to you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. They love that. <laughs> Is that true, Brie? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Yeah. was wrong with me. That's uh, it. I mean, what can I say? <laughs> nah, I'm just playing. That's I, will, I would love to tag along on that because I yeah. love what um, Michael said earlier about not only does she go to church, but she with the church. Yeah. And it's one thing to go to church out of, oh, it's just my every thing to do, but actually being involved, serving, community. Um, with Soraya, she went to Grace before we got married. So, you know, Soraya, she served in the preschool ministry, helped with the kids. And I didn't see it, but even her just telling me what she did on Sunday was like, dang girl like it, it is it I'm, not, I'm married now so it is sexy to hear that your wife is serving somewhere and she's having yeah. a good time she's serving for the lord praise god Amen. um but also i would say you know it's hard going from dating to mar- to marriage you know you have the world the world's definition of marriage but i mean world's definition of dating but you also have the christian i want to i guess perspective of how you should date mm. if you're dating to marry um so we're speaking to, I'm guessing, a large audience. So it's it's kind of hard to answer this question. But to me, um, the love changes. Because even in dating, you love that person, but you haven't seen anything yet. Yeah. When you get married and you start living together, waking up, you've seen how each other does dishes, washes clothes. That morning breath, How this person bro. comes in the house. <laughs> how this person, you know, all the stuff you, you, you choose to love that person despite if you don't like it or not. And that can be hard. 
it's easier said than done because you just you're, you're learning each other. You, you even even in dating, you're independent. Like me, Sri had an argument about how good leftovers are. A whole <laughs> we came we came we came together, and hers mom was four, hers was two. We said three, perfect in conversation. So it's we just learn. It's you just learn all the, it's a little stuff it's not bad things but you you learn how each other grew up how did you how did your mom raise you and how did you do things and not to say that it's a bad thing but also you want to do whatever you can to please that person so I can please you if I know that you know your mom did this for you it's a way I can show that I cherish you and that I appreciate you as my wife do your clothes help you and just reminding you of like God sees you God loves you um, because you know with me and Soraya we overthink a lot I mean, both of us individually. So we both know we need that reassurance. Yeah. Um, so I would say if you're doing it God's way in dating, not much changes, but your perspective and the living situation when you get married. Mm-hmm. Now, if we're talking a worldly perspective of marriage, I mean, of dating, going into marriage, it can be obviously difficult and some different obstacles. Um, but all to say, I think the love changes. Like we always talk about, we've been talking about love this whole time, but love, when you get married, love can look ugly. Mm-hmm. But you're going to get through it when you're one and you have that foundation. You understand how the as a man, how Christ died for the church, you'll be fine. Um, so that's all I have to say. Really. That's good. Bro that's was good. cooking, bro. Bro mm-hmm. was absolutely cooking. So I've got a question. No, oh, no, no. I've had time. Oh, no. I've had time to process. Okay, 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 okay. All right. So, so this is like really often brought up for women and it it can sometimes just be like a turn off but in Ephesians 5 it says wives submit to your husbands you know and that sometimes when when women hear that it's like oh like where where is the where's the boundary in that when does it become like if it's a toxic relationship but the bible says submit submit to your husbands like um what would you what would you say to to other guys who use that um, to women, and they're like, the Bible says, submit to me. What would you say to a man? And then what would you say to a woman that hears that and is like, you know, how, how am I supposed to submit? What is the correct way uh, to submit to you? Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to just say something okay. right quick. Um, my main thing from that question is it says wives, not women wives and so a lot of people a lot of guys a lot of christian dudes will take that out of context Mm -hmm. and they will use that to weaponize it and so a lot of people will be like you know what no women are supposed to submit whatever 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 and then they'll use that verse right there against an entire gender and that's not what that was and it's also to show the love that christ has for the church right Like, just as we are the bride, he is our groom, and we're waiting for him, right, to come back. Like, we're submitting to him, right? That's what a wife does for a husband, right? Above all, submitting to Christ. We know that. But, go ahead. I love what you said about that, too. And when you see that, or, sorry. I love what you said about all that. And, um, it's, I think, and this is really just society, are quick to judge that as a um, a rule thing like you tell me what to do like I can't do anything outside of you and it's like no you can but it's more of letting your husband lead you mm-hmm. which you are supposed to 
in every aspect to make sure that the Lord is the foundation of this household and our lives. Um, and again, I, I, it goes back to the original, you know, what we've just been saying as Christ died for the church. But I do think there's been a negative aspect of that simply because people that don't know the word, that don't go to church, want to use that as a weapon. You, exactly as a weapon. Um, and that's not what it means. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not what it means. Because women are smart. Women are... We we're not we're not to be alone either. So we need we need the women as well. Um, but it's coming together as one. Now I in some means where I had this conversation today in our in our other conversation this morning of like she gave me the finances and that was a way for her letting me lead our household. She's like, I want you to take it over. She said, even though I wanted to, I told myself to lay down my controlness and give it to you and I trust you to lead us in that area. Mm-hmm. So it's more of the woman's part of trusting their husbands, I think, in my opinion, of trusting them and um, letting them lead them and trusting that they will make sure that the Lord is a foundation and that the Lord is not being on the back burn. He is priority. Yeah. That's good. Marky Mark. Man, well, and I, I was just going to, I was just going to say like the main thing you're talking about is, is leadership, right? And it comes down to, to the, or, to the order, order of the family. And, um, and, and really it's, you know, the, the head, the head of every, every family is first God, God, right? And then un, under, under that there, there's the husband, the husband is called, called to serve, serve under, under Christ and be, be submitted to him. Mm-hmm. Now the wife, wife is called to be submitted to the husband, but this is, this, this is where things start getting a little different. There, there is still that submission. However, you and that, that, that wife are now one. Right mm-hmm. now, we now the relationship between a man and a wife is called to be a representation of our res, res, representation with Christ. Right. Well, in that representation with Christ, we are called to submit to Jesus. But here's where stuff is different as well. We're also co-heirs with Christ, so we're called to be submitted, but we're also called to walk with. You yeah. know, and so it's a it's a equal it's that we are equally loved by God, but there is somebody leading the home. So yes. that's good. Yeah, and I love how you said like some people abuse that and weaponize it. So whenever someone, whether whatever in like wherever in, in life you are, if someone presents you with a Bible passage or a Bible verse, ask them what is the context of that. Yep, because the context of that specific scripture, the specific of that verse, is basically saying because you know they will they will say, oh, so you must submit to me, but like down that verse, there's a requirement for that. The question is, is the husband worth submitting to? Yep. Mm. So, like down that verse, Paul says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Like, Paul has a condition. If this, if your husband meets all these criteria, if he loves you the way Christ loves the church, and then he proceeds to say, the fruit is going to be there. That he will sanctify you. It will, like, your, your relationship will flourish. Like he basically saying that that no 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 like he knows that we're gonna weaponize this and guys we're gonna weaponize this passage as a way to like an excuse to submit and abuse that. Mm. But Paul, you know, God through Paul basically says, I know what you're, you're thinking, but no, there's a requirement. Are you worth submitting to? He's he's talking to the guys about is this who you are? Are you willing to die for your yeah. wife? Are you willing to serve your wife? Are you willing to lead your wife? That's what the, the next couple of verses is saying. But like in response to what you're asking, basically that's what it is. Like, are you worth submitting to? Yes. So. Yes. No, I, I love that. And I, 
I would just say, like, for all the women listening on this podcast, um, something that, like, made me change my perspective when I was dating Michael was that, like, I trusted him because I knew that Jesus was the king of his heart, Mm -hmm. and I I could, he was worthy of following, because in any other relationship I was in, I found myself leading that person, trying to help that person along in their faith, and so I would say, like, if you're in a relationship like that, and if you feel like you're the one controlling all, every aspect of it, you need to reevaluate that person, and you need to reevaluate on if you need to be in that relationship, because I do agree, like, we need to have that that pride lay down that pride and know that that man that man of god um is worthy enough to follow and to trust yeah he's my mog (laughs) but yeah but like when when me and michael started dating and i could just hear his heart on a lot of things and i knew that his passion was for christ and for christ only that's when i knew that i could trust myself um, and letting him lead me, and I knew that like we were both going to be okay because of his relationship with God, mm-hmm. and I knew that it was strong enough, and it was on a firm foundation. It wasn't like two weeks he was good with God, and then later on in the relationship he's like, eh, started treating me like crap, and just like wasn't a servant in the church, and was not a leader at all. And so, I guess one of my expectations was like I wanted a leader. Okay. I wanted a leader in the church. I wanted a leader um, that, you know, could lead me spiritually and that could love me like God would love me and that would give me grace and forgiveness. And um, Michael is all of those things. And I love yeah, you. he is. I love you. I love you. <laughs> I love you too. Um, you going to make me cry over here. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. Oh, hell, like, as soon as she asked that question, we were all like, like right <laughs> get the book, get the book. <laughs> Guys, no, we're like an hour and a half. This is like our longest episode, oh, which no. is a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. So, but yeah, does anyone else have anything to add? Well, shoot, man. Man. I think overall takeaways yeah. would be, um, you know, if you're going to love anybody else, you need to love Christ first. That's right. That's good. That's good. Guard man. your heart. Yes, guard Start your heart. Your and so... Actually, I, something just hit me today. Actually, I'm going to add it. I'm going to get y'all's opinion. Let's go. I guess, uh, you know, the idea of people who have been hurt by the church in relationships. So, um, and people who, like, worldly views. Because there was a conversation that sparked up today mm. um, that really kind of, was, it kind of got me going. And, and um, I wanted to get you guys' opinion on the idea of, like, what is it? When, what, why do people have a bad view on dating in a church? So, oh man! Oh sorry, did y'all? <laughs> cool. Or or well, I, oh sorry. <laughs> no, it hit me earlier, and no. I was like, I just was curious. I was gonna, I was gonna ask you guys after, but I was like, you know what? I'm just. I think. Not wait, sorry. Here. Repeat it just one, 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 one more time. So, why do people have a bad view on of dating within the church? I think like one. I think like one first thing that comes uh, to my mind is like everybody's afraid of the post like breakup like awkwardness and like stuff like <laughs> stuff like that. Real. You know, like Real. I think there's some, some of that. Um, you know, but I think also there's a, uh, like you don't, when you, when you start, start da- dating in the church, you are open, opening yourself up to, uh, to get hurt by the church and, and ju- judgment. You know, if like, if, if y'all sin, sin or fall, they're going to be the fir- fir- first to know it, you know, and some churches don't handle that always the best. It's not always with open arms, great grace and love. Um, it's with, it's meant with heart, heart, harsh, uh, harsh, harsh judgment. Um, but I don't know. That's kind of first thing come, come to my mind. Yeah. Sorry. 
So you said it's kind of a loaded question in a way, it but is. it's um, just yeah, let's just get it kind of broad. Let me yeah, just yeah, kind yeah. of wrap it up with this. You question. said why to make sure I got this right. Why is it so hard to date within the church? No, why does the world think that world dating think, in the okay. church is wrong or kind of hard um, or like seen oh as my. a bad thing? I would say some of that in the churches I've seen, it's been uh, more of a they're trying to baby walk them into basically rushing things to take the next step. Yes. They're not able to live, have fun. (laughs) (laughs) They're not able to live, have fun, get to know each other on a deep level before making that decision. Um, We have all these leaders and pastors and not saying their intentions are bad because they're not. But it's like, let them live, let them breathe. They need to know this person. And again, I'm not saying date someone for six years. Don't do that. Yeah. I mean, don't date them for. I say three years is max. That's my opinion. But you don't. Who says you have to get married in six weeks? Mm-hmm. So I think we have churches that are not letting our young adults actually live and enjoy the dating life and make sure they are ready to take the next step. Uh, because marriage nowadays, obviously, we know it's they people do it for the title, not for the actual that it's a gift. Mm-hmm. Marriage is a gift. We know your word. Mm-hmm. It's a gift. Um, and so I think that's all it is, is we have these churches or what I've seen. I know there's more to that question. But for me personally, I've seen that it's been a lot of people pressuring. It's just that pressuring and then it becomes too much. They're like, I don't want to date nobody in the church. But then what gets what happens after that is they find someone outside the church then that person thinks they can fix that person and get them into church which they can't so it's kind of a 50-50 thing because yeah. you want to find someone in the church where they're like they're already connected they're in but then you don't you kind of want to avoid that pressure of we need to get married as soon as we start dating yeah. um, so that's what makes it hard in my opinion for a lot of people and, and you know Sai, something that you told me a long time ago is that you know what this is y'all's relationship this is not Billy Bob down the street and exactly. his wife talking about it or his girlfriend or his ex-wife or his ex-girlfriend or whatever telling you how to do your relationship mm-hmm. no the relationship that you're in right then and there with whether you're in the church or not really that's y'all's yeah that's something special between you two exactly. that's not between four other people you know like yes there's accountability that comes with the whole conversation right. but what's between y'all is sacred and special and special especially for y'all it's sacred you guys you guys are married yeah. you know like if i were to come in and be like you know what you're doing everything wrong Sai. And here's why. Like, no, that's that's not right on my part. One, it's a hard check for me. But two, you as a man should tell me I need to shut up <laughs> because that's not my place. And I know you would, you know. And so I guess to look at it, kind of go back to the question. Like, you know, Mark, what's your take? What is what is your take on? Uh, Can you repeat the question again? Yeah, the idea of why does the world have a bad view on Christian dating or dating within the church? I think on on, on top of like what Satan said, I'm gonna blame it on historically on purity culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying like like pursuing purity is a bad thing uh-huh. or talking about purity is a bad thing, but like like I think the uh, the like the uh, exponential growth of like purity culture in the early 2010s, they tell you the what and the why, uh, and the hows, all this kind of stuff, but they don't tell you the whys of why uh-huh. you should pursue purity, and and I think culture saw that as a as a hindrance from enjoying dating. Mm. So like when, when someone says, oh, don't have sex before marriage. Mm. Yes, but they don't give you the reason why. Oh, they just told you good. what and how, and they tell you that if you, if you did have sex before marriage, you're going to hell. Yeah. But it, they don't tell you the reason why. Like 
they don't tell you that oh it's a boundary it's actually protecting your heart yes. from experiencing a heartbreak and and I think I blame that in purity culture because I think they don't emphasize enough on the reality that that it's there's a soul a, tie yeah yeah and, and how like us saying these things pursuing purity is a protection it's not to hinder you from something I think that's something that we can also look at whenever we look to God's law we don't look to God's law as a way of like him telling us not to have fun it's him saying that hey here's the boundaries I'm telling you what not to do because I want to protect you so whenever we look at God's law or pursuing purity as a protection rather than a hindrance I think that changes our how we pursue relationship and I think that's something something that the world is looking at right now is like oh like yeah, I'm not going to date in a church because I know they're going to say, I can't have sex before marriage. Or they're going to have, pe- there's going to be people like, you know, g- like diving into my relationship and then going to hold me accountable. Like, I don't know. I don't need that. I need full control over my relationship. I'm not going to have community, have any say about this. So I think, I think it's just the whole like, I don't know, like how purity culture wired like youth in the early 2010s that literally altered their perception of dating within the church mm-hmm. but I think right now we're doing right now youth is doing an amazing job of like communicating to students and to youth that yeah having sex outside of marriage is a bad thing because there's there's soul ties there you know it, it'll lead you to experiencing hurt it, yeah. yeah so like I think that's something that was missing back then now we're I think we're, we're recovering from the impact of purity culture in the early two, 2010s so I think that's the reason why people are just ticked off of dating within the church because they don't elaborate on like the motivation why we do what we do. Yeah. So rather just like telling them the consequences, hey, you're going to hell, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's good. Yeah. That's good. Um, I think from like an outside perspective looking in, like people who don't go to churches often and people who look at Christian dating and look at people in the church who date, um, there's this like unrealistic expectation that like they're perfect and they yeah. have their lives together That's good. and that everything runs smoothly for them and they forget that like we're human too and we're going to mess up and we're going to fail because they look at pastors cheating on their wives and they look at just imperfect marriages um, within the church and they have this skewed view um, and they're like, well, that failed, so I'm not going to go to the church because like it just, it, it won't work. It won't work. Yeah. And then um, they throw salvation out the yeah, window. Yeah, and then it, everything goes out the window. So it's like, there's this one aspect of, oh, like it's too perfect. They're not going to accept me. That Whoever that guy is or that girl is in the church, like I'm too broken um, to have that. And so I'm not even going to walk into that place because they're going to judge me. Um, they're not going to accept me. They're not going to love me. They're not going to walk with me. And then there's this other expectation of like, oh, they're all fake. They're all fake. Like, they act one way, but they're actually sinning, and they continue to sin. Um, And so it just turns people off to the idea of dating within the church. And I think that comes with a pride thing, laying down your pride and, like, letting go of your hurt um, and letting go of what you're walking through and just walking through those doors and realizing that we all have a story. Um, and we all have a story that God has redeemed and we're not ever going to be perfect and we are not ever going to walk, um, in a perfect life. Like we're going to fall and we're going to mess up, but it's knowing that there are others around us, um, that are going to give us grace and that are going to give us forgiveness, um, and walk with us in that and love us in that and hold us accountable. Um, and then once again, once you start seeing that for yourself, that's when like 
the Christian dating, I guess. I hate that word, Christian dating. It's not a real thing. It's dating. Um, it's dating. And so I just believe that like God, God can change your life. And he came down to this world so to walk a perfect life so that we didn't have to. Um, and so like we get to look up to him and have a redeemed story because of that. So, shoot, that's all I got, guys. That's pretty good. That's good. That's good, man. That's good. Guys, uh, uh, yeah. Thanks for being out there, buddy. Thank you, B, for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Sigh. We love you, buddy. (laughs) Love y'all. Finally had you on. Yes, Yes, praise God. Side note, like cameras are actually off now. So, <laughs> yes. Well, so, it's all right. Well, it's okay. It's all right. As long as we had the audio, Lord we should will. be good. But yeah. We're chilling. But yeah, so uh, that is a wrap. Man, that's a wrap, man. Right. Good job, everybody. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We're, uh, we're going expect to see you in the next episode. And yeah. as always, guys, stay awesome. You guys have a good one. Later. Later.